This is the Hervoy Morit Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, hour two, some quick news. Uh, here's a mainstream media headline. This is in uh, Spanish. It's coming from Spain, and it literally says, basically, Spain is imposing Agenda, agenda 2030 on farmers. 20% of the land will have to uh, be, uh, cultivate, um, you know, or uh, be organically cultivated in eight years. They use the term ultra ecological uh, reforms. So more and more, they're just openly, you know, as H.G. Wells wrote a century ago, the open conspiracy. I mean, if you're going to have a totalitarian world government, you, you can't hide it. There comes a point where the mask has to come off uh, and they have to start putting us in digital concentration camps and taking away our food and making us eat bugs. I mean, they have to openly start doing that at some point. And here we are. Um, Pakistan, again, uh, for ex-Prime Minister Imran Khan, who should still be Prime Minister, but um, basically right before he was going to give another massive rally he's giving massive rallies which shows i mean he should be the true leader of pakistan but in my opinion um pakistan has suffered a u.s regime a globalist regime change operation youtube went down in pakistan uh, right ahead of the prime uh, ex-prime minister's uh, talk rally just a, a complete coincidence don't be a conspiracy theorist completely coincidence you know it's a complete coincidence that youtube went down probably the pakistani government took it down the same thing happened in kazakhstan when i was living there and there were weekend uh, rallies or protests of kazakhs unruly kazakhs the kazakh government would take down uh whatsapp youtube instagram so on and so forth uh what else we got in, in um the british channel uh, the uk had the highest highest monthly total of people crossing the channel on record in August with more than 8,000 people uh, an analysis of government figures show. So that's another um, military strategy, according to my fellow Croats and past guest, uh, Alex Craner, who says, you know, this is military strategy. Migration is a weapon of war. The globalists are also using migration to get rid of national uh, or you know traditional single uh, identity, mix it up so you sort of get a multicultural Babylon uh, of sorts. Uh, and that way, anything goes. No more values of whichever, any, any sort, cultural, religious, moral. It's all just a mixture, UN imposed. Um, so, I mean, the record in, in August of, of people crossing the channel, that is noteworthy. And uh, again, Pakistan, vegetable costs up 500% threatened to fuel Pakistan inflation, skyrocketing prices of tomatoes, potatoes, and onions, putting food out of reach in flood-ravaged Pakistan, raising the specter of inflation, hitting 30%. So again, this is a trend that's uh, spreading to different parts of the world. Some places are hit worse, others not so bad. In any case, you should be making preparations for when the tomato hits the fan because uh, no one's going to get out of this unscathed, believe you me. And um, Russia, it's being reported, the Russian Ministry of Defense is in the process of 
purchasing millions of rockets and artil artillery shells from DPRK, North Korea. Uh, so that's, uh, that's also interesting. Uh, we heard before rumors of uh, North Korea helping to rebuild, North Korean workers potentially being shipped to Donbass to help rebuild the breakaway republics. Uh, and, and of course, the other rumors of up to 100,000 North Korean troops uh, potentially being able to assist Russia in future combat uh, operations. And speaking of Russia, it was just reported that the, that the IAEA um, is unable to identify those who shell the Zap, Zap, Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. So as of yet, we don't know if it's the Ukrainians, if it's the Russians, if it's MI6, if it's CIA uh, launching attacks on the uh, nuclear power plant trying to create a Chernobyl 2.0 in Europe. And uh, let me just remind you once uh, again that if you have a suggestion for a possible guest or host that you'd like to hear on TNT Radio, I've been getting uh, more emails in. You can, uh, you can, uh, or if you want a topic that you want us to discuss, just uh, uh, we'd like to hear from you. You can fill out a suggestion form on tntradio.live or each presenter now has a form on the page that you can send us uh, an email directly. I'm always happy to hear from you. Uh, help us make a difference on TNT Radio. We're not exactly mind readers, but... They say what I'm thinking. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, I am joined by Scott Armstrong, host of Rebunked, a show celebrating the mass awakening of humanity through conspiracy vindication. He ventures... Uh, and explores everything from conspiracy and geopolitics to solutions and healing, such as recovery, spirituality, and health. The website is rebunked.news. Follow him on Twitter at rebunkedpod. Welcome to TNT, Scott. Wow, her boy, thank you so much, man. Like, I really appreciate you having me on. I'm so glad we connected. Um, after you invited me, I went in and started going back through your previous episodes. I'm like, man, you've had like all my friends on. Like, like you even mentioned, like Alex Craner, Adam Alamano from Deborah Gets Red Pill. He's a good friend of mine from Oregon. So, yeah, man, super grateful to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I was actually supposed to meet with Alex in the flesh. He's got a he, he comes wow. to Croatia. I'm in, I'm in Croatia now and he, he couldn't make it last time. And maybe I'm going to see him soon uh, again because he's a uh, he's also a Croatian like like I am. So it's it's cool to meet some of these people, you know, so, uh, that, that we talk about in the flesh. And uh, maybe to start, you know, I came across your podcast just recently and I, and I really love what you're doing. And from what I understand, you were doing Truthzilla previously and I've, I've heard that name but i never listened to truthzilla but i've been watching uh rebunked i watched it i think i found it through band that uh video and you're on rockfin and, and odyssey uh as am i but uh maybe tell us a bit about yourself the work you do and and, and what you uh, focus on because as you noted i think it's very similar to what we do on tnt yeah absolutely well we're definitely talking about the same things that's for sure uh yeah man so this whole podcasting journey for me started post COVID, like I'm, you know, pretty new to the game here. I literally, it was, gosh, it was March of 2020. Well, come April of 2020, two of my good friends and I were like, okay, we have to get the word out. Okay. So the idea was, is like after the lockdowns here in the United States happened, uh, it was in March of 2020, we were out in Oregon, which is a very blue liberal, you know, they, they swallowed the whole blue pill out there basically. You know what I mean? And like, we were like, I recognized it for what it was. Like my friend Ed and I were like, oh my gosh, like this is it. This is the new world order. This is it right here. And so our initial idea was like, well, we need to get the word out. We need to educate everybody real quick to understand all the things that we knew. For me, it was like, you know, 
9-11, government corruption across the board. Ed came from a more medical freedom background. You know, he'd been in the medical freedom movement for a long time after having a kid that was uh, vaccine injured. So between the two of us, we were both recognizing what was happening for what it was and eventually landed on starting a podcast, right? And so that's how Truthzilla was born. Myself, Ed, and our friend Megan. And yeah, it was quite a journey, you know. Um, back in January, like we all kind of had different visions about where the project was headed. And so I ended up leaving and started Rebunked. So Rebunked is a fairly new show, like like about seven months old at this point, maybe eight. And uh, yeah, it's just been, it's been a fantastic journey. And, uh, you know, one of the big things transitioning from Truthzilla over to um, the new Rebunked show, I really wanted to have a focus on solutions. You know, we on uh, Truthzilla, we talked a lot about what was going on in the world. And that was at a time where, you know, there was just so much fear in the air and so much uncertainty. Nobody really knew exactly what was happening. You know, fundamentally, I think d deep down, we knew what was, uh, what was wrong with this situation, you know, like, like the answer to this is not just complete authoritarianism, you know? And so there were a lot of things that we knew were wrong, but there was still a lot of uncertainty. Now that the dust is kind of settling and the craziness is still at fever pitch. I, I feel it's really important to talk about solutions at this point. I think everybody's kind of, at this point, uh, arrived at where they're arriving at, even though I will say people are waking up every day and coming to the side of truth. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, all in all, those who are awakened right now, like we need to be coming up with solutions to this because it's it's getting crazy out there. So that's pretty much it. You know, I still talk about World Economic Forum, Joe Biden's poopy diaper, like all that stuff. You know, that's that's all stuff I like to talk about. And I'd be disingenuous if I didn't talk about that. But at the same time, I'm trying to put solutions out there as well. So that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, I I'm noticing a lot of people are, are starting to focus more on, on solutions. And uh, I would agree because I feel like the hour is getting late. And it's funny how you said it. I, f I felt the same way when you said uh, regarding COVID-1984, as I like to call it. This is it. Yeah. This is the new world order. Like 2020, yeah. uh, I was in Kazakhstan, former Soviet Union. It still has that very much feel of being in a dystopian totalitarian place. And they wouldn't let us uh, leave um, actually, my employer wouldn't let me leave the country. They said, if you leave, you lose your job. And then you couldn't leave your apartment. There were police patrols. And one day you could not leave your apartment. And then the next day, only one person could leave with a card to go to the uh, supermarket pharmacy or, or bank. It was just completely like insane. And um, you just, just to get your thoughts, you know, I was going to, you brought up some of these themes we all talk about, you know, JFK assassination, 9-11, UFOs, New World Order. But yeah. now it's COVID-1984 which they also called the Great Reset. You know, Klaus Schwab, that's his book. I, I, I feel like Great Reset is New World Order 2.0, basically. And it's like they've launched it officially for the first time, really. And what sort of your take of COVID and, and Great Reset and, and, and where we are and sort of what's, uh, what's going on and where are they taking us? Well, I mean, the funny thing is about all this is that they're telling us where they're taking it. They, they tell us they're very open about the fact that they want to have, you know, complete top-down control of every aspect of our lives and to be able to surveil and, and track every single thing we do and control who we interact with by controlling our money, by controlling every aspect of our lives, right? By eliminating, I mean, they talk about how like this future, like that Harari guy, like the future is for the World Economic Forum. Like he says, like free will is like not a thing that we're just trying to like phase out. It doesn't even exist in this new world because the machines will be the all-knowing thing that will optimize our lives in our best interest, right? They're, they're trying to sell us this perfect vision of the future where everybody's equal and everything is, is just, you know, 
everything's just perfect out there, right? But it's perfect for them and strips away all of our humanity, you know? And 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 they are very open about it. It's so funny. They hold summits called like the World Government Summit. Like they're very blatant about what it is they're doing. So those of us that have eyes to see it, you know, we're like, well, I don't want anything to do with that. And so, you know, a lot of the circles I run in, we're like, well, uh, I'm going to create my own agenda 2030. I have my own agenda 2030. And it has nothing to do with what it, what it is that they're trying to do, you know? So, you know, as they, but which they also take into account, you know, that famous, I'm sure you've covered this multiple times, but like that famous, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy paper that somehow magically disappeared that, you know, still exists, but didn't, it's no longer on the World Economic Forum website. There's a part in there that says, you know, there are people that chose not to make the transition to the full-on transhumanist, uh, you know, utopia that they're envisioning. And they they live outside the city and they live very different lives. And it's like, well, that's probably me and my friends. We're out growing our own food and, and just crushing in nature, you know, trying to maintain our humanity as much as possible. So I think that really is ultimately what they're trying to do is dehumanize us in order to us being willing to acquiesce to the complete uh, stripping away of our humanity just to become automatic slaves in their dystopian future that they envision, which will allow them to live. And, and hopefully if, it, if, they, if, they, if everything goes according to their plan, they're going to be living forever in the metaverse or whatever, dude, whatever life extension that they have in mind that there's gonna, that's going to be available to them. Well, we just kind of exist in these tiny little boxes, but you know, I just, it just, it's just not going to work. They're, they're not going to get away with it. Like, I don't think that they will. And, and even if they do, there's so much that we could be doing right now to prepare to where, regardless of what they do, it won't affect us, you know? And that's kind of where I'm at with things. And before we talk, we'll, we'll, we'll get to talking about solutions and, and living on the oh, farm yeah. because that seems that that seems to be one of the biggest uh, solutions. And, you know, don't forget H.G. Wells wrote a century ago that countless will die uh, fighting yeah. the, the new world order. And my biggest, like, uh, out of everything we're talking about, the number one threat I, I, I see is this vaccine passport, which is the digital ID, which is the social credit system, which they're trying to install in every single country on the uh, planet where you can't buy or sell without having this QR code digital passport. And um, they're not stopping with that. I see the white papers in, in all these different countries in, in my home of Mexico. And in, in I just saw a recent 2017 white paper from Germany talking about smart cities. And I mean, the, in Ecuador, I was just reading today, they're rolling out like 40,000 AI surveillance cameras. Literally, I saw a video of the woman explaining it uh, in the headquarters with teams of people on on. on uh, watching screens, uh, monitoring the whole city with AI. It's just nuts. Uh, your, your thoughts sort of on this social credit system. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, I mean, what a, what a the ultimate lever of control. Like once we're able to no longer have, okay. So it's kind of like that. So the social credit score is very much tied to the digital dollar, digital currency, right? These are like kind of hand in hand agendas and, and, you know, they're actually ramping up the talk, the rhetoric around central bank digital currency, especially here in the United States, um, you know, and so these things are very much hand in hand. And we have like working models of these being in place in China. We have the predictive programming through Netflix, you know, putting it out there that this is a thing that exists in the universe. And it's just very a slow rollout to get us to accept it. But then once we lose our ability to have any sort of free economic association with people by being able to transact privately then we've lost everything you know and uh and it is it is scary you know and and, and it's just like 
I don't even know what we can do to fight it. Like if they're going to do it, they're just going to do it. You know, um, I, I just, I feel like, like what you talked about, the, the fighty, the big ultimate great war, you know, the final battle between like the, the freedom people and the, the state, right. Uh, the new world order, like, like that's what they want. Honestly, they want us to engage with them on that level. And I just don't think that there's any need to honestly. And, and I think that that's where the real hope and the white pill is in all this. Cause gosh, it's so easy to get black pilled talking about the central bank, digital currency, talking about the, um, you know, the social credit system. It's like, okay. My only question about the social credit system is, is, is it retroactive? Can we start like fresh today? Everybody has like an 800 credit score right now. Are they going to take into account all of our, everything that we've said online and every word that we've spoken on a podcast for the last three years. Okay. So I don't know in this world of equality, in this perfect, equitable world where everybody's equal and everybody's perfect, wouldn't it? Wouldn't we all just have eight hundred credit scores and just be good? I mean, come on. That's a, that's know. a funny thought. I, I've never heard anyone uh, posit that idea. But even still, if we started from scratch, uh, yeah. I think all of us would would step on some eggshell and we'd get <laughs> penalized. Oh yeah, and we'd it wouldn't get last very long. Screwed. No, no, yeah, I, I'd uh, be in handcuffs and have all my food rights taken away very quickly for sure. <laughs> and, and one of the one of the reasons I keep doing what I'm doing, like I have my my mom saying, "Shut up, you know, stop, stop talking about politics and all this," because she grew up in a communist uh, country. And I'm like, "You don't get it. It's already too late. I'm already on the watch list. Like, even if I stop now, when when the if these when these systems come online." I'm already profiled as a dissident. Even if I stop now and for the next few years don't talk about this, it's too late. I'm, I'm already screwed. we got to jump to our yeah. uh, first break. We're talking to Scott Armstrong. Check out his awesome uh, podcast, Rebunked.News, and follow him on uh, Twitter at RebunkedPod. He's also on Telegram and, and other places, which you'll find through his website. We'll be right back on TNT. Shannon Joy on TNT Radio. Now in California, as we as we see many bills, so the whole thing now as the entire narrative about lockdowns, masking, and the COVID pricks is falling apart. The medical misinformation that was put out by the state, state governments, the federal government, and these massive medical bureaucracies is frankly breathtaking. The lies, They've, they have been wrong about everything, everything. And they get it horribly wrong, terribly wrong. They suppress it, suppress it, then acknowledge it, then try to erase their wrongdoing from history. And we've seen this with the astounding about face from the CDC. It's as simple as changing their website. We're no longer pursuing lockdown or distancing, or masking, or any of the COVID mitigation strategies because they've all been a failure. Now, they won't say it that blatantly on their website, but it's as if it never happened. Shannon Joy on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Book now for the groundbreaking Australian Medical Professionals Society Reclaiming Medicine Conference, September 10, 2022. This conference will feature an amazing lineup of national and international speakers as we review our global response to COVID and look at how we reclaim medicine for the well-being and best interests of our patients and community. The Reclaiming Medicine Conference at the Amora Hotel Riverwalk, Melbourne, Australia kicks off from 8am, September 10. Be sure to book by September five to be there in person or by september 9 for the virtual live stream option ticket holders will also receive a recording of the event register at cis.eventsair.com forward slash amps conference 2022 
A cashless society means zero cash. 100% digital currency means your life is 100% dependent on a power surge and the internet. Every cent you receive will be recorded and every transaction tracked. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT Radio. And we're back with Scott Scott Armstrong, uh, host of Rebunked, which you can find at rebunked.news. Follow him on Twitter at rebunkedpod. I'm looking at your... um, podcast uh, art it's great there's a lot of stuff going on i i feel jealous i probably need to update my geopolitics and empire podcast uh, art it's just a simple <laughs> globe but uh, b- before getting to solutions i also wanted to ask you because i saw you were recently at um, infowars headquarters you know alex jones i feel like he's my cool um, uncle i cut my teeth on Infowars in the early 2000s. I asked my guests how they fell down the rabbit hole, and most say, you know, Ron Paul, loose change, 9/11, you know, Ed Griffin, uh, that that sort of thing. And you know, actually, Alex Jones was on TNT Radio this past Sunday to talk about his latest book. And back in 2020, I found my face on the front page of uh, Infowars because I had been the first to interview Dr. Francis Boyle, the author of the Bioweapons Act. Uh, on Corona being a bioweapon. That was January 2020. And then Alex Jones was dissecting my interview. He would pause it, play it, and then and then pause it and then analyze it. Uh, and so that that was for me uh, a funny moment. But, you know, uh, what are your thoughts on, on, on Alex Jones and then uh, visiting the InfoWars headquarters? Oh, man. Well, that was a pretty powerful experience. That's so cool, man. Congratulations. Like, uh, yeah, Alex, definitely. I've been listening to him for a long time now, like pretty much daily for probably going on like, six or seven, probably good six years at least, you know, and like, I've seen his story. I've seen it. I've seen like what he was before and I've seen his journey and I've saw what happened obviously in 2016 and like, you know, the escalation and just being involved in that on a daily basis, you can kind of hear the trajectory and see what's happening. And I feel like he gets a really bad shake. I feel like he is a hundred percent on the side of good. And I feel like he is doing the best he can with what he has with the most tremendous amount of pressure imaginable from all sides. And I can tell you, like, being there, you know, I was there with my buddy Matt Baker from San Diego. If you just type in Matt ba- Baker, San Diego City Council meeting, whatever, he's one of the most epic, like, uh, you know, just blasting the city council. Like, it was early on in COVID. I'm sure most of you have seen it. Uh, but anyway, I, I I got to know him and become friends with him. And, and InfoWars was doing a little event down there in Austin. It was like a summer fest. I guess they've done it the last two years, but um, it's just like a barbecue in the park, and I'm just like, that's it. I'm going. You know, I, I do have a channel on Bandot Video, InfoWars' video platform. I was able to get connected with Rob Dew, the senior producer over there, and I've done several shows with him. Or he's come on my show several times, and he's just a really cool dude, and we've gotten, like, to know each other. Like, we text each other. Like, it's a really cool, like, you know, professional relationship that I have, and I'm really honored to have that. And he invited us to have a platform on Bandot Video back when we were doing Truthzilla, and I transitioned that channel over to Rebunked. But anyway, you know, so when I heard about this, I was like, okay, Matt, I called Matt. I'm like, we're going, dude. Like, we're going to Austin. I don't care what you have to do to make arrangements. We're going. So sure enough. And then it just turned out to be the most incredible weekend ever, dude. Like, we just got to hang out with all of them. Like, we went out to, like, Matt and I were at the club with Primetime 99, Alex Stein, Owen Schroyer, like, that night, that Saturday night after the event. Like, dude, it was just, like, unbelievable. And then uh, Matt and... Shout out to Frank Cavanaugh, who is the uh, bass player, former bass player for the band Filter, who is a regular on there on Owen's show, at least, too. Um, they were both in studio with Harrison Smith in the morning that Monday morning. 
So I pushed my flight out. I was supposed to leave on Sunday night, but pushed my flight out to go into the studio that Monday morning with them. And uh, just got kind of like, you know, the whole tour of the building. Uh, got to see the operation and like particularly like Harrison's show, like all the producers sitting there in the room producing the show. They have like, uh, you know, the main guy, like like with the microphone that's communicating with Harrison. They got the f- couple guys doing graphics, you know, a couple guys pulling up news articles and and just seeing their operation, man. It's like no one's taking... Uh, no one's getting their talking points from Mossad. Like nobody's like telling them what to do, dude. They're like, literally, it's just like this organic operation. Now it's like super state of the art, like top of the line, as good as nice as you could possibly imagine. But it's just like seeing the inside. It's like, it's very, like, I don't get the impression that these guys are like, you know, what they're being characterized at as all. They're like legitimate, just people that just desperately want to get the truth out the most effective way possible. Like that's, that was my impression. And you know, all that to say, just like such an honor and sometimes I just wonder what dimension I'm living in, honestly, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know, I also, you know, wake up and wonder what dimension. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the twilight zone. Uh, that Yeah, that was a great uh, experience just listening to that. We're going to jump to a quick news break. We'll be right back. This is James O'Neill with a check of today's headlines. State troopers and comfort dogs are joining teachers in welcoming students back to school in Uvalde, Texas, where their return was pushed back after May's mass shooting that left 19 students and two teachers dead at Robb Elementary. Britain has a new prime minister. Liz Truss took over for Boris Johnson after meeting with the Queen this morning. The New York Times is reporting that Russia is rearming itself by buying up rockets and artillery from North Korea. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. So turning a bit towards solutions and, you know, we're talking about InfoWars and the information war, the battle for the hearts, minds and souls of of men, uh, the propaganda war. We use some people use terms such as normies or, or, or Karens and you know, th- this is related to you know why we do what we do. Um, you know, I, I do my geopolitics and empire podcast as well as TNT Radio because I, first, first and foremost, I want to know what's going on in the world. Like, like a little kid that asks, you know, why the, why is the sky blue? Uh, and I need help to do that. Other people, other es- experts, and then, but also the, to share these findings with uh, people. And how do you see this battle uh, to unchain the minds of the people today? Uh, some of which have doubled down on Stockholm syndrome, uh, others which are slowly waking up from their stupor. What's sort of your thought on on where we are on on that today? Yeah, man, you know, and I mean, that was the whole impetus of starting Truthzilla. And, you know, I think all of us that are in this this realm, you know, bringing this information to the masses and just kind of spewing it out there and hoping something sticks with somebody or providing these as resources that people can share, I feel like the the hope that we all have is that it's, it's just going to awake it, waken everybody up. You know, it's like one of those things. It's like, I found this magical treasure and I just want to share it with everybody. And it's like, it, it breaks our heart, breaks my heart 
when when people just don't grasp it or aren't it, it's like a bridge too far i can't reach these people with this information you know and it's it's very heartbreaking but i've kind of gotten to the point where i'm able to reconcile it and process it in through the lens of like uh addiction recovery so i'm a person who's in recovery you know long term recovery from like alcohol abuse and all that stuff you know i've been clean for many many years but like you know a lot of this stuff i look at it very in very similar ways it's like you know I actually worked as a drug and alcohol counselor for a while too, a long time. And like working in that field and then just being a person in recovery who you know, it's a big part of my life. One of the core principles of it is that you, you literally can't wake somebody or you can't like tell somebody to stop drinking. Who's like deep in their alcoholism. Right. You know, maybe some people out there listening have had, have like a family member or have had a personal experience like this too, where it's like, you know, you can't every, every attempt you make to get that person to stop drinking, it just pushes them further and further in. It takes them having a moment of realization or sometimes like, you know, unfortunately when it comes to addiction, it takes like hitting a rock bottom before they're just shaken and they're just, they decide to do something different. I feel like, you know, with truth, it's, it's very much the same thing. Like people will not see the truth and will not wake up or make any attempt towards seeking knowledge for themselves until something snaps, until they hit a bottom, until something horrible happens in their lives where they get completely disillusioned with the fact that, Hey, Maybe the state doesn't have my best interest in mind. Hey, maybe the media is lying to me. And unfortunately, people have to hit like a like a like a, like a spiritual bottom around, you know, truth and information before they're willing to look at it for themselves, you know. And 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 each one of us maybe maybe wasn't a rock bottom, but you know, we all had that moment where, like you were saying, whether it was loose change or or just something, but it has to come from within. You know, there's never gonna be an article or a podcast that snaps somebody out of it, but we're here as resources once they do choose to take the plunge by themselves, you know? Yeah. And just to go uh, a step further, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, I, I sometimes get tired. I've been, well, I've been moonlighting. I, I've been working full time and doing my podcast for like five, six, seven years or whatever, just for yeah. like as a hobby. And then the last year doing, trying to do it more full time. Um, but even in the classroom, just trying to wake people up, it's so tiring. You know, you get insulted. I've had, parents uh send letters to the director or principal saying i'm an anti-american crazy conspiracy theorist you get you know people online i mean you you name it and just cumulatively it gets you know tiring it gets tiring reading so many books spending a lot of time on this you got family you, you know you have to divide time between family and nature and and doing healthy stuff and and researching the elites and sometimes i feel like i just want to throw in the towel and go live in the woods uh, or, or here I'm on the beach on the Dalmatian coast, you know, that's fine too on an wow. island, but, um, but, uh, you know, why do you, but I, I'm still doing what I'm doing, you know, and I, I think all of us should be doing what we're doing as long as we're genuine and we, we have the passion to do it I, because otherwise I, I wouldn't be doing it. So I get up every day, do TNT, geopolitics, and empire. Why do you keep, you know, doing rebunk? You get tired. You know, what, what, what keeps you going? Mm, no, I, I, you know, I, this is a hobby for me. You know, I don't make any money doing this. Like I have a couple of people that donate regularly, but it's not, this is not like about money for me. You know, it'd be nice to be able to do something like this full time, but it is definitely a passion project and something that I just, um, you know, there was a period of time transitioning from Truthzilla to here where I almost lost. I was like, Oh, cause you know, Truthzilla was doing all these big things and we were really starting to take off. And it's really unfortunate that it didn't uh, go anywhere or, you know, it, it ended. And there was a period of time where I was like, I how can I just go to, well, I, first of all, I couldn't imagine a world without getting the truth out there. 
there was a few moments where I was like, maybe I could just do like a normie podcast. Like I could talk about like, I don't know, money management or something. And I was like, no, 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 no. First of all, you don't know anything about money management. And second, no, you got to get right back in the ring and just start throwing punches again. Right. So it was a very humbling experience starting again from zero listeners, zero everything. And then, you know, clawing the way back up. But it's very much a passion project, man. I, I see, uh, you know, there's a kind of a confluence between going running out into the woods and, and doing what we're doing here. And, you know, that's if I were to make a critique about Alex Jones, that would be one of the things is that he's stuck in the fear and just, you know, but, but I don't think it's necessarily an overall fair critique because a lot of people say, yeah, all he does is sell fear. It's like, okay, well, all the stuff he was selling fear about two years ago is now happening. It all came true. You know what I mean? And so, you know, there's some validity to it, but he says the same thing. Like, like, oh, I just want to take my family and go run out in the woods and just blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you can kind of do both. Like we can kind of be on the microphone and we can spread this information, but at the same time, we need to be like in our own lives uh, building community. That's the biggest thing right now. The best thing that we could be doing right now is building high trust communities, building community with people that you can trust. And, uh, you know, ultimately, I don't know if this continues on the way they want it, then there aren't, there isn't going to be food in the grocery stores. There isn't going to be nutritious food in the grocery stores. Like anything that's nutritious is going to be beyond anything most people can afford. You know, it's, it, there may still be like Mac and cheese and like all this partially hydrogenated seed oils, in food all over the place, but you're not going to be able to like, you know, you're not going to be able to like get a good, healthy, like meal in the store. So we have to like create our own supply lines, you know, I mean, that's going to come down, but you're not going to be able to like, you know, you're not going to be able to like get a good, healthy, like meal in the store. So we have to like create our own supply lines, you know, I mean, that's going to come down to that. So we can be out here spitting, spitting the truth. And I feel like as content creators, we actually have a great unique way of bringing people together. And whatever that looks like, you know, I've been very much involved with it, several different communities, like trying to build community. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, that's that that's it. We can do both. We can definitely do both. We don't have to run in the woods. We can literally build community within our communities while being on the microphone, doing both, you know, spreading truth. So you you will eat the bugs. Um, they're yeah. really pushing that stuff. Let's talk uh, yeah. solutions and sort of what you've been talking about is parallel society, parallel structures. Yeah. Um, over the past months, I've been talking to all sorts of folks, um, and this has been coming up. And you mentioned community, so maybe we can start yeah. there because it seems this is the number one. I think people start talking, thinking, you know, in terms of bunkers and all this stuff, that's all good and well, but I don't think that's a sustainable lifestyle, like the whole bunk that extreme bunker prepper mentality. And, uh, mm -hmm just from the consensus of the guests I've had from all walks of, you know, expertise, uh, millionaires and, and military people. And, and, and uh, one of the important things is having a network or community. For example, I've, I've had the rural listeners from rural Canada asking me about expatriating to Russia. And I'm like, mm. well, first of all, do you know anyone in Russia? No. Yeah. Uh, do you have any like Slavic, you know, I'm, I'm Croatian, I'm a Slav, do you, you know, uh, I understand automatically like 50% of Russian because it's very similar to Croatian, but it's like, do you know, I mean, the language, no, no, nothing. So it's like at this time, I wouldn't expatriate to, to, to a place or a country where you don't know anyone, you're better off staying in uh, Canada and figuring out who your neighbors are and neighboring towns and, and that sort of thing. So maybe, you know, starting there, what, what are your thoughts on, on solutions? Um, and, and sort of, you know, solutions and preparing for hard times. 
Yeah, man. I think like and you just nailed it. You know, I think there's a lot of allure wherever you're at to think that the pasture, the grass is greener on the other side, as they say, that, you know, here in America, maybe we could find freedom in Mexico or people, you know, or Costa Rica. I have a lot of friends who've like, you know, traveled back and forth from America to Costa Rica, you know, but you're right. You know, it's, and well, and, and then a perfect example of me, I just moved from Oregon to Tennessee. I was, I was been in Oregon my whole life. I was through, through all 2020, 2021. And just four months ago, I decided to move to Tennessee. So right now I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And uh, I feel like that was a great move. Like, I feel like if you're within the United States and I'm sorry, this is all kind of American centric. Um, I'd love to hear your take on Croatia, but uh, like what's going on in Croatia, but, but also just real quick, as far as solutions go, at least here, well, this is actually international. So we could talk about, this is really good stuff, but like a few of the organizations I've been involved with um, for one freedom cells, freedomcells.org. That was started by John Bush and Derek bros. Um, Derek, uh, they're building a city down in Moralia, Mexico. He's uh, with the conscious resistance and he's just constantly putting out really good, valuable information. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a guy I look up to in a lot of ways. He kind of does the thing where it's like half of his information he's talking about, you know, social credit score or child trafficking, like, you know, important factual information. And then on the other half, he's like all about community building and, and offering solutions. So I love that model, you know, and then John Bush is down in Texas with his exit and build thing, just talking about how to exit society. You know, you still live in a city and still be outside of the, of society, really. You know what I mean? We're trying to build these parallel societies. But freedomcells.org is a really good decentralized way of gathering. Um, I was really involved with it out in Oregon, and it's a worldwide movement. So the suggestion being is if you're in an area and you feel like you don't know anybody and there aren't anybody that you've been able to relate to or, or, or you want to meet other like-minded people, go to freedomcells.org, look for other people that are in your area, and I guarantee there's probably a freedom cell somewhere nearby at various stages of being active or not. And if there isn't, you should start one. That's what we did. We started our own freedom cell. And we had so I've met some of the most amazing people out there because of it. And that was such a powerful thing that got me through a lot of 2020 and 2021. And out here, um, you know, I've, I've dabbled a little bit in the freedom cells movement, but I've also just started getting involved in some other communities. I've already immediately gotten involved with other like homesteading groups around here. Um, another, another valuable resource is the Bertaria times app, Bertaria times. It's just a whole community of people who, uh, you know, are, are trying to just build families, build homesteads, stuff like that. It's B E A R T A R I A Bertaria times app. Um, that's a really good, really good one too. I just went to a Bertaria times festival this last weekend in Missouri. That's basically just a whole bunch of people coming together, uh, trying to find solutions and just uh, and already I made so many good connections out of that so you know just finding community and just not having any intention of what the outcome is going to be just get together and start building building these things you know yeah Owen Benjamin I think I, I like his uh, ah. stuff I know you've you've interviewed him and um, Mexico though you know I, I fled to Mexico like 12 years ago I, I'm uh, four years ago became a Mexican citizen so uh, I think oh, okay. that's also <laughs> an, an, an option and uh, you know, fleeing the country for if it's, you know, everyone has different reasons. Um, but I, I have listened to some interviews with Alex Jones and Mercola. And I have it's interesting. I've, I've heard them. Dr. Mercola, who I, I'm also a fan of, they've met Mercola mm -hmm. in a recent interview with Ch Children's Health Defense was very pessimistic. He was like, they, you know, the globalists control every uh, lever of the machine. And he was 
just alluding to like a collapse of the U.S. or a civil war or something. Uh, and he, he was alluding to him having to leave the country and then come back to rebuild. And my mm. guess is he didn't say where, but I'm pretty sure if I had to bet, Mercola, would, he's got a place in Mexico. And uh, that's my guess. And Alex Jones also, I've heard him say that you know he might have to flee I think he'd also he's also maybe thinking of uh, Mexico. I could be wrong, but um, that'd be something else. The, the, that'd be intense. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't know. You you mentioned Croatia. I don't know. You know what else I can tell you about Croatia? Here, it seems people are a bit more woken up. I see graffiti on the street around Good. me that says "5G equals death," uh, "COVID yes. hoax," "Don't don't vaccinate your children." But in Mexico, it's crazy. Everyone's just fallen in love with the mask. Uh, there, I've got neighbors double masking. I'm not joking. Um, uh, they're just very submissive. I, I think it's left over from being um, under the Spanish Empire, but um, yeah, that's just th- that's that's how things are. We're, we're going to have to jump to our second uh, break again. We're talking to Scott uh, Scott Armstrong of Rebunked.News. Follow him on Twitter at RebunkedPod. We'll be right back on TNT. Have we advanced? Europe is now fearing winter, just like 200 years ago. An energy crisis has us primitive again. From Washington, D.C., this is the Morano Minute with your host, TNT Radio's Mark Morano. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson is now announcing that the Industrial Revolution never happened, that Europeans have to fear winter once again. Families up and down this country are going to face a, a, a very tough winter, and uh, we, we just have to accept that. You don't have to accept that. This was self-inflicted by the net zero green agenda, where Europe shut down their domestic energy production and outsourced it from China and Russia instead of making homegrown energy. Now Europe facing a, quote, physical lack of energy energy, unquote, has to fear winters like they did 200 years ago before the advent of mass use of fossil fuels. This is nuts. For the Morano Minute, this is Mark Morano on TNT Radio. Challenging the consensus and debunking the narrative. This is Viewpoint. According to the Caesar Rodney Election Research Institute, CRERI, 2020 election funding from Mark Zuckerberg's favored nonprofits, the Center for Technology and Civic Life, CTCL, and the Center for Election Innovation and Research, CEIR, had nothing to do with traditional campaign finance. It had to do with financing the infiltration of election offices at the city and county level by left-wing activists and using those offices as a platform to implement preferred administrative practices, voting methods and data-sharing agreements, as well as to launch intensive outreach campaigns in areas heavy with Democratic voters. In Wisconsin, an investigation uncovered that a left-wing activist connected to CTCL gained access to ballot rooms in Green Bay and helped determine how to handle ballots. CTCL agents in Georgia paid ballot counters and trained poll watchers. In Philadelphia, CTCL pushed the city to deploy ballot drop boxes, allowed for ballot curing unavailable to Republican counties, and even paid election judges, according to the Amistad Project. Democracy is under attack. 
Western governments are trying to regulate the internet to shut down free speech. The Australian government has partnered with Twitter, Google, Apple, Meta Facebook, TikTok, and Yahoo to regulate what Australians can and can't say on the internet. Disagree with what government is saying, and you'll be shut down and could face severe penalties. To find out more, go to digi.org.au. Lighting the fuse for freedom. This is TNT Radio. All right, on our final stretch with Scott Armstrong, host of the Rebunked podcast over at Rebunked.news, and his handle on most of the socials uh, is Rebunked Pod uh, for Telegram, Twitter, Float, uh, Gab, Instagram, TikTok, uh, and so on. And just to continue with uh, solutions, you know, one of the biggest trends seem to be get out of urban areas, going to rural areas, you know, getting a plot of land, you know, like a farm having a, a water source, grow fruits, fruits and vegetables, um, getting some animals uh, if you if you can, and then uh, you know issues of, of security if you can get firearms where you are. Uh, you know, for, further thoughts here. Yeah, man, definitely. I mean, I feel like those are all. I mean, just getting outside of the city. You know, when when if if and when, if or when I don't know. Worst case scenario of these city, you know, if like it's a, you know, whether it's a, a complete shutting off of the resources, electricity, you know, utilities, like in uh, Mississippi, they're going through a hole, like one, of, like the capital city is completely without running water. Like how horrifying would that be? You know what I mean? That's like, that's like a straight shit hit the fans, or excuse me, SHTF situation right there. <laughs> and uh, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's just horrendous. Like I, I can't even imagine that that's even happening right now. So anything you can do to get outside of the city. I think is very good, but short of that, you know, even if you are just like in a, in a 50th story apartment and a high rise in the middle of a metropolitan area, there's still things you could do, you know, that you can just grow a little bit of food or herbs in your windowsill, you know, it's just little movements like that. Just start growing, just start doing something, but also networking again, networking, building community, finding people that do have that outside of the city and maybe just offering your services, like be, be like a volunteer, help out on their farm a couple of days a week or something like that. Just make yourself a resource or an asset. Start growing relationships with farmers, either farmers and people who like raise meat and start acquiring your meat from them now, you know, because eventually if, if the supermarkets aren't available and these farmers are prioritizing who to give their food to, if you've already built that relationship and built that rapport with them, you know, they might prioritize you when it comes to, you know, there being a situation where people are desperate for food, you know, and uh, the whole idea of like the FEMA camps, right? So that every, we all talk about the FEMA camps, right? And, and uh, that's one of those big fear tools, one of those fear sticks that they whack us with is the idea of the FEMA camp. But really at the end of the day, I feel like if, if the FEMA camps come to pass, it's going to be a voluntary thing. People are going to be desperate begging to go to the FEMA camps. The FEMA camps are going to be where there's going to be food in a starvation type situation. And I can see the way that the narrative and the way that the real life, like all the, the food processing plants burning down and all the, like the, the, sh- the shipping containers being back, like the supply chains are collapsing deliberately. You know, they're making trucking an impossible task, things like that. We can see where this is going. And so like the FEMA camps are going to be a last resort, but it's going to be a place where people are going to go voluntarily, you know, which is the sad thing. So anything you can do to keep it, keep yourself out of the FEMA camp, is what you can be doing. So even if you are in a city, and I'm that I'm that way, dude. I just moved to a new city, and I just landed somewhere. I'm renting a room about a mile from downtown Nashville, Tennessee. So I'm in the city. You know what I mean? So I'm <laughs> not 100% practicing what I'm preaching, but I am really getting to know people who 
live outside of the city. I'm getting to know other people who have similar interests and goals and ambitions. And I feel like we have a few years, you know, I feel like this isn't going to happen before the 2022 election here in the United States. I don't feel like that's what's going to happen. I feel like we have a ways to go and where there's a lot of preparation to be doing, but, uh, yeah, just any step incremental steps in the right direction of just food independence and just entrepreneurship, anything you can do to build skills and continue to acquire like, um, you know, assets that gain value over time, you know, tools, ammo, things like that. Appreciating assets, you know, that's what we could be doing right now. Yeah, I'd agree with you that uh, people, um, I mean, that's an interesting scenario. I, I didn't hear about that, but I think it's very plausible as well that people will, they, they may not force you into the FEMA camps, but um, yeah. they, they'll make it look attractive and uh, people will sign up to become Soylent Green. And um, oh, the way wow. they've just been, um, you know, signing up with all of these COVID protocols and, and uh, measures they submitted with that, uh, you know, I give them an A+. Plus. Uh, I had a hard time with that in 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 Mexico dealing with... Um, I just stopped going anywhere where masks were demanded. I'd go to little tienditas corner stores where they didn't force you to wear a mask and... It just um, nuts. Um, you know, what about like the financial? What are your thoughts on crypto, Bitcoin, and that whole space? It's tough to say, man. I got kind of, <laughs> I, I, so I was personally playing the game. You know, I was in there, and I still have a little bit of Ethereum and Bitcoin, but I just don't even pay attention to it. I know half of my friends think that it's the the end all be all solution to all of our problems, and half of my friends think that it is like uh, literally the biggest trap being set for us right now. So I don't know. I got a. I was involved in a rug pull. I in, invested in one of these garbage coins <laughs> and put a lot of money into it, and it turned out to be a complete rug pull situation. I lost a lot of money, and I'm like, screw it, I'm out. And I just really haven't messed with it ever since. And just kind of watching it from a distance, like, but that's my own personal experience with it. And that's not to say one way or the other. Um, I think that, again, like anything technology-wise or any tool in general, the tool itself is inert, but it's the intention behind it. Um, and I feel like, you know, there's a lot of good technology being developed. You know, some of the privacy coins, the Monero, um, pirate chain, these are technologies that in theory, yes, I, I am a hundred percent on board with anything that allows us to maintain our autonomy as individuals, to be able to transact in a economy that doesn't involve these bastards. You know what I mean? Anything that cuts them out, I'm 100% in support of, 100% across the board. And so maybe these aren't the end-all, be-all solutions, but, um, you know, I, I support the, the idea and the philosophy behind them, for sure. For sure, for sure. But, um, you know, of course, there is the, you know, what like what happened to Bitcoin? What happened to Bitcoin? Are they plummeting the price? Or did, did they, you know, to me, it's like, I was just talking about this with a friend over the weekend. It's just like, when it comes to any of these financial systems, like I think something to do, and I could be completely wrong with this, but I feel like uh, something to do with the way the Bitcoin Bitcoin code is written is like once somebody acquires 51% of the Bitcoin or something like that, then they can, they can have like control over it at some point or something like that. What would stop like the Federal Reserve just printing like $8 trillion and just buying everything, you know, because they just do that. They just do crazy things like that. Like they can just print money. I mean, that's literally what they're doing right now. They're just printing money and just buying up assets, right? Giving it to all their friends. So I don't know. I don't know. Just, you know, all in all, I feel like there's hope there maybe, and there is a solution, but it's also kind of scary. So I just, I just don't know. I don't know. What do you think? 
I, I'm more uh, that other half you announced that that thinks it's it's a trap because yeah. my my view has been again I could be wrong as you said maybe um, the technology is is neutral but I just sense like the end goal has always been this cashless society I've interviewed Jewish historian Edwin Black who's great and he calls yes. it the algorithm ghetto and like they put the Jews in the Jewish ghetto and this digital algorithm ghetto and um, I, it seems like you know it's like if we're on this analog cash system and th- these guys come out and say hey we're, we're gonna go to a CBDC digital system cashless system and ever, people are gonna be like no are you crazy but if you get this bridge like um, hook people in with with crypto a lot of people get rich uh, that whets the appetite and that sort of serves as like the bridge you know that that can ease us in to the uh, cashless system and like a glo- I call it a globalist Trojan horse and so mm. uh maybe cryptos will as you said price declines they regulate it it, it um uh it's it's served its purpose it's tossed aside and then we get our cbdc's i mean they're coming incoming uh, anyways i've got some i've had smart guests say that we'll have the two coexisting we'll get the totalitarian cbdc system but the private cryptos may exist uh on the side like the valve that will allow us maybe to survive uh we got just uh, i think like four minutes left you know any any other thoughts i was going to also ask you about how you see the current state of you know alternative uh, independent media do you, do you see it sort of stagnating plateauing or do you see it uh, continuing to to develop and, and move forward yeah totally man uh just on that note i feel like um i feel like if it wasn't for alternative media if it wasn't for these voices out there pushing back your show my the shows i've been a part of all of us all the people you've had on your show if it wasn't for us putting up a defensive front they would have just steamrolled over all of us. So, you know, everybody that's in this space, you know, we've sacrificed a lot. You know, it sounds like you've sacrificed a lot, like personal relationships. I sacrificed a job, like I wasn't willing to take a shot and they fired me over it, you know, all that stuff. We've all sacrificed a lot to stand in our truth. But um, I feel like the ultimate payoff and reward on so many levels is so worth it. Um, it's interesting. Like, I feel like there's been a phenomenon of a lot of people after COVID that the, just the complete intensity of COVID kind of ramped down a little bit. I feel like so many people are going back to sleep. You know, you see it in numbers, you see it in the amount of like people that are actually listening and downloading. Like people are just like going back to sleep. It's kind of funny. You know, it's almost a funny joke. Like even, even in the fever pitch of it, you know, on Truthzilla, for example, when it was like peak, peak insanity, like always covering COVID, you know, having all the like Judy Mikevitz, Dr. McCullough, like trying to have all the doctors on to talk about, the topics of the day and then we would do an episode on like home births or something like that right and nobody wanted to hear about home births like everybody was like the, i would get like 10 percent of the normal downloads on an episode like that. like nobody cared and i feel like now that covid's kind of lost its intensity people are just like going back to not caring which is kind of a scary proposition but you know we got to still be out there sounding the alarms and offering solutions and i, and I don't plan on quitting anytime soon so we'll see it's, we'll it's see. It's funny you pointed that out. I, I'm seeing the same uh, people getting lazy again and going back to normal. But now is definitely not the time to to, no. to snap back into old normal mode because we're just in the eye of the storm. Uh, we got about a minute left. If you want to tell us again the the best places uh, to find you, support you, and that sort of thing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on here. Like TNT Radio, like I'm a big fan now. Like you guys are just super cool, man. This is awesome. So congratulations. Just keep keep up the amazing work. Um, I'm over at Rebunk News. You can find all the links to all the show, you know, listen on the go on any podcast player. Uh, But yeah, just Rebunk.News for all the social media 
options to support and video platform. So thank you so much for having me on. I really, really, really appreciate it. Love to do it again. No. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Scott uh, Armstrong, uh, Rebunked.News. If you're looking for uh, a new, cool, great uh, podcast, uh, check that out. He's on all of these uh, platforms. I like Rockfin and, and Odyssey, but you can listen to it uh, wherever you like and stick around because we're about to have uh, Dr. Pam Popper uh, on the program right after this break here on TNT.